Modern Pleasure Podcast is sponsored by Adam and Eve. Lean in to your sexual curiosities. Are you ready? Because it's about to get real. Modern Pleasure answers the questions about sex that you've always wanted to ask, but didn't. We can't actually have an orgasm unless we surrender to ourselves and trust in our body and to the person we're surrendering with. It's really about that concept of surrender and the opposite, which is control. I like to really think about the body as surrendering into the utmost point of pleasure. So usually that is the genitals, but if you are a wheelchair user or you don't have sensation in your genitals for some reason, I've had clients have orgasms in their neck, in their ear. Orgasm is that peak climatic experience of utmost pleasure at a pinpoint in your body. And just like that, it's our last episode of the season. (laughs) It seems like it flew by and um, super excited to have Savannah back with us to talk about orgasms. And why wouldn't we talk about orgasms during the last episode of the season of Modern Podcast? I'm excited. I'm excited. Orgasms are great. I'm very excited. (laughs) Um, We're going to get into that discussion really quick, but I want to remind you that you should definitely go to adamandeve.com and uh, get your orgasm on by getting 50% off almost any one item. Use code word MODERN at checkout and get those 10 free fun gifts um, and free shipping. And that's something to get excited about, I would think. Um, So make sure you do that because uh, you are such a devoted listener to Modern Pleasure and we love it. I'm just excited about all the people that have approached me and said, Oh, I got my Adam and Eve package. I got my 50% off. And it was so fun. And I was never so excited to buy something from an adult toy store in my life. (laughs) So... Yay! Yay! I love hearing that stuff. So, you know, get excited. Have some fun. Go to adamandeve.com. Get that 50% off by using code word MODERN and that free shipping and those fun free gifts as well. So, um, before we dive into this uh, into this episode, I always like to do a little recap. And I think the last time that Jenny and I talked... Uh, we were talking about, um, I think it was, well, one of the episodes was lazy sex, which was great because that was really very informative and helpful, by the way. And then we also talked about um, single sex. And I've had a, a couple of people um, approach me on that and thought it was really interesting. And also what I'm getting is I want more answers to questions. I want solutions, you know, so... Um, I think that we are going to dive in a little bit deeper and uh, perhaps um, provide you with some some extra material. We're, we're kind of working on that. So if you have a question, if you want to dive in a little deeper, email me at modernpleasurepodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what it is that you'd like to talk about, um, what what solutions you'd like to hear uh, from Dr. Jenny, and we'll see if we can't uh, make this happen. 
So um, again, that's modernpleasurepodcast at gmail.com. So, um, and one more thing I wanted to mention, and Dr. Jenny, you're going to be so proud of me. Oh, good. Tell me. Oh, you, you're just going to be, this is just the perfect, uh, you know, let, just wrap around from our season, uh, our, our episode one discussion. So my husband and I celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary. Congrats. I know. It, we had so much fun. We had dinner plans. And of course, Savannah, I don't know if you know this, but we ordered that first product review that you did with the cock ring that had the little rabbit ears on it. So yes. my so my husband ordered that. And and we've had it sitting next to the, you know, on the nightstand in the little package. Um, well, he's got a little little container for it. Had it sitting there for weeks <laughs> because nobody had the bandwidth or time to deal with it. And then Dr. Jenny suggested, have sex before you go out to dinner. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. And so I told George that I said, so here's the suggestion. Let's plan it. As soon as I get off work, we are going to we're going to have an hour and a half of just us and whatever that looks like, whatever you want to do. And he was so happy. He goes, that's a great idea. So I'm here to tell you that we did use our little toy. And? It was fucking fantastic. Oh, Kim, that's so good. I, we had more fun. He was just like, whoa. I was like, oh, give me more. And I had one of the best orgasms I've ever had. And it was absolutely amazing. And we had so much fun at dinner. There was no pressure to have sex after our dinner date because, of course, we're full. We've been, you know, had some drinks, had had a really nice dinner. And it was nice to just go home and kind of revel in all of it. And George is still hopping around extremely happy, you know, three days later. So um, great advice. Uh, anyone who you know wants to heed that advice, you're welcome. Um, thanks to Dr. Jenny, and just um, it, you know, and and here's the other thing. George made a comment, and I had um, somebody in my family make a comment just recently. I think just a couple days ago, and my, it was my aunt. My aunt, my aunt Michelle, is just one of the most soulful, inspirational, knowledgeable, intuitive persons on this planet she really is and she told she kind of pulled me aside we were at dinner and she said hey I just want to tell you how proud I am of you and what a difference I hear in your voice in terms of your confidence since episode one and moving into you know these later episodes and she goes I just really feel like it's not about the sex. It's not about what you've been through or how vulnerable you're being. What I hear is that you really do care. You really do care about anybody who's listening that may benefit from this information and this knowledge. She goes, it's really beautiful. And so thank you for that, Auntie M. And it's, you know, hands off to you, um, or hats off, not hands off. (laughs) 
I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why I said hands off. Hats off to you, Dr. Jenny, for being this, you know, uh, person who has helped, you know, not only me, but I know a lot of people that are listening to really uh, discover something outside of what maybe, you know, they were telling themselves before. And I love it. I just love this whole evolution. So, yay. Congratulations. My pleasure. Uh, Kim, tell me something about your toy and your orgasm. Did you guys have <laughs> foreplay? What, I mean, like, I imagine that it wasn't just the toy that provided the orgasm, but the ability to communicate, the ability to even just say, let's have sex before dinner. Um, the playfulness and the ease is my, is my guess were some of the key ingredients that led to such a pleasurable time. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, it's almost like, you know, that notebook that I've been keeping in my in my conscience here as far as, you know, all the things that I've learned. We just checked all those boxes. It was, you know, the anticipation of it and knowing that this was going to happen and being, you know, really um, deliberate in, you know, making sure that it happened and and not in a pressure way, but just in a way that was like exciting, you know, it's like opening up a new toy for Christmas. That was kind of fun, you know, just like, okay, this is going to be something new and exciting. But more than that, I think it was that I allowed myself to really just lean into it and not feel, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sensitive, you know, I, I can, I get stimulated easy and sometimes not in a good way because I'm really, really sensitive and my skin is sensitive. My nipples are sensitive. I mean, just I'm, I'm, that's just me. So sometimes that foreplay is a little bit hard to get into because I'm, you know, I feel like a rigid woman in bed sometimes. And so the fact that I felt really relaxed. Oh, well, it started with a massage. Good okay. job, George. He, Good job, George. Yeah. He had the the bed all nice. There was this nice furry blanket, you know, that was super comfy. And it would have been extremely rela- relaxing had the dogs not continued to try to jump up on the bed and be a part of it. <laughs> so we had to make sure that they were somewhere else and not barking incessantly. But um, it, so it started with a massage. He massaged my feet, which he knows I love, and then just worked up all around my body to the point where that bed ha- height came into play. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. And, you know, because he was standing, you know, in front of the bed. And before I knew it, there were some other things going on. And um, there was a lot of foreplay, to be honest. It was great. And then it was like, okay, let's, you know. Strap it on, honey. Let's see what this is like. <laughs> it was so really important. Um, a really important um, moment here. I hear your dogs. Oh, that, there go. Those aren't my dogs. Oh, Savannah's dogs. It's okay. <laughs> um, not all of you have the privilege of having an area rug dog like that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the important component that I really heard in that whole narrative of how you and George got into such a playful, fun time. Um, One, obviously he knew that this was a sex date, so he set up 
the space and the ambiance as such, which is important, right? He took, he, he attuned to that. Yeah. And then he massaged you, which is key because it settled your nervous system, I imagine, right? We can't oh. just go, from, you know, redlining life and being in a stress mode and doing work and being productive into like, now I can have sex, right? There needs to be a transition. And the transition is relaxing into our parasympathetic nervous system, but not so much that you're going to fall asleep. So what I'm hearing that he did is he massaged you and then sort of titrated back into the sensual massage and the massage relax sensual. And that titration is an art form that I think is key for givers to learn, whatever gender you are, um, because then we get to really relax and we get to feel turned on and it really builds our system towards arousal in a very fluid way. It, he it definitely was. And and I think, you know, he unknowingly, you know, was was doing that, I'm sure, because he was really um, surprised at my, you know, um, my initiation to, uh, you know, oral sex while he was massaging me. And he was like, whoa. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, oh, well, I mean, it's right there. <laughs> Great. And so that just turned it into a whole other playful game. And it was so fun. And I'm, you know, I'm so happy that, you know, we, because sometimes what happens is you plan for these things like special moments or dates or, you know, like in this case, anniversary and, you know, you go have that dinner and it's really nice, but it never ends up well because it's quick sex. It's kind of throwaway sex because you feel like you have to have it. And then, you know, nobody's feeling, you know, that desire or, or you know, arousal or that connection that they really want to feel. And so by doing this, kind of turning things a little bit backwards and not in that, you know, sense of, you know, it has to go in this order, um, it really did make a huge difference. And um, so that's going to be, so he, he and I were both like, okay, from now on, it's sex before dinner. <laughs> and, and and I'm like all over it. I'm like, perfect. I love that idea. It's perfect. Make the time and make it happen because it worked. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. And happy I can't to wait to do it again. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Listen to this. That's I so know. Great. Isn't it great? That's I love so great. it. So anyway, so that's my story. You know, I'm 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 I am the perfect example of how this can definitely work at, you know, and especially, you know, in my, you know, age group where that isn't always something that happens. I mean, gosh, I felt like I was 20 years younger. You Great. know, when we were having sex right when we met. You know, yeah. we haven't had that experience in a long time, so it was great. Yeah, Kim, I mean, you, you say your age group, and just for listeners to remind people of your age group, right? 60? Are you 60? I am. That's great. No, own it. That's beautiful. <laughs> and what's important about that number is that you're, you know, well past menopause, and you're not depending on hormones, um, unless you, you're taking, you no. know, HRV. No. Um, and, and some women do, and that's great. And some women don't, and that's great, right? But you can't depend on hormones for your sex drive. No. So it really illuminates the importance of the relationship, and it really illuminates the importance of 
our brain as our biggest sex organ and how to turn that on and how to eliminate those things that turn us off, right? A full belly turns us off. Late night turns us off, right? So what turns us on? Oh, you know, I already took my shower before I get dressed for my date. Here's a furry blanket and my husband willing to give me oral sex and a massage. Like, um, yes, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, for, you know, obviously the topic today is orgasms, but I, I imagine that it wasn't just the toy, you know, that really helped in that department. I think it was the whole thing, you know, that really lent itself to having a really great orgasm and just feeling like, whoa, okay, you know, I hit the ceiling. And it was, you know, and I think it was a combination of all these things. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Super great. Which is a great segue into orgasms. Let's do it. Yeah. Or do you have any other updates? Uh, No, I think that's pretty much it for now. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I feel like I talk way too much about me. (laughs) On this podcast, I'm so ready for somebody else to do the talking. Well, we've got Savannah here too. But yeah, we no, do. It's great because, um, you know, in a way, you're a little bit of the guinea pig doing the evolution over time. Yeah, that's true. And you have, and you, and you, therefore, give other people the permission to do an evolution over time, and you inspire them and motivate them because you can do it. So, I think it's great. Yeah, and it paid off. <laughs> and it paid off. And it paid right. off. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How do we want to jump into this one? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, if, you know, maybe we should start with Savannah since Savannah probably, you know, might be more of an expert on orgasms than I would be. It's been a while since I've had, uh, different forms of orgasm. (laughs) I don't know if they are. I mean, there's multiple, there's all these things. Maybe we start off with that. You know, what are the different forms of orgasm? I mean, I would imagine, you know, the only the only ones that I know of are, you know, multiple and just orgasm. Um, I don't know if I know all of the different categories of orgasms. I do know like clitoral stimulation. I know like internal stimulation. Those are the only two I've experienced. Um yeah, what, what, let's let's define this because I have no yeah. idea, you know, that, that there are that are there different parts of the vulva that orgasm or is there just one? Let's back up. OK, I think it's important to define what an orgasm is. So yeah. um, we traditionally understand this as the rhythmic contraction of the genitals. And in that rhythmic, it's a very sort of fast rhythmic contraction between our parasympathetic and our sympathetic nervous system going in terms of having that contraction, if we're going to be clinical about it. Um, So it's sort of the climax of pleasure for most people after buildup of arousal. Now, that's if you have genital sensation. I do have clients in wheelchairs and they do not have sensation in their genitals. So orgasm can also be defined, and I like to define it this way, as surrender. Hmm. And we can't actually have an orgasm unless we surrender to ourselves and trust in our body and to the person we're surrendering with. And when we talk about the elusive orgasm, right, people who struggle with anorgasmia, which is the struggle to orgasm, 
primary with yourself, secondary with a partner. It's really about that concept of surrender um, and the opposite, which is control. So we can get into that later, but I like to really think about the body as surrendering into the utmost point of pleasure. So usually that is the genitals, but if you are a wheelchair user or you don't have sensation in your genitals for some reason, um, I've had clients have orgasms in their neck, in their ear. Um, many women have orgasms in their nipples, even if they do have genital sensation. Sometimes they have it in their nipples anyway, um, or both, or either. And it's just um, illuminates that orgasm is that peak climatic experience of utmost pleasure at a pinpoint in your body. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so that's a that's a new one for me. So you're talking about the same type of benefit in terms of how that feels. I mean, there's that blissful you know, organic kind of out of body experience that can happen in the ear or the neck? Uh-huh. Absolutely. You ask um people in wheelchairs. Some I had one woman I, w- I remember this vividly. I was in grad school in a human sexuality class and goodness, I wish I could give her credit by remembering her name, so I'm so sorry. So if you're listening, <laughs> um, you know, call me out. But she said she had a mind gasm. And it was really this moment with her partner that was so intense and so poignant that it felt like her mind was like buzzing, like electric. And it was her orgasm. It was a mindgasm. And she was a wheelchair user. Wow. And that he had her orgasm. So do you think that because they don't have that sensation in their genitals that it carries into a different part of the body more easily than anybody else that, you know, would would feel the sensation in their genitals. Yeah. So the body retrains itself, right? And you can retrain yourself to probably have an orgasm in a different part of the body. Um, if, you know, when you have genital sensation, it's probably a harder task to do that. But in the absence of it, our nerve endings will wire to other places to have this experience. How interesting. I had no idea. Savannah, did you know that? I did. Um, Also, I wanted to just jump in and say, for you, Kim, the experience of having a massage might be the closest to non-genital like surrender. Just like the relaxation, the bliss, the full body, everything Hmm. um, outside of the genital simulation. Yeah, I I experienced that. Yeah, I have a hard time orgasming unless I'm very relaxed. I need a lot of mental stimulation um, beforehand, before I get involved. And then massages are always super great just to put my body in a state of relaxation and be able to fully release. Then is when I'm able to uh, like allow my partner to even touch me sexually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm right there with you. (laughs) Yeah. Which is true for so many of us women. And that's usually because most of us have some history of some violation at some point. Hmm. Yeah. I don't really know a woman who hasn't had like an unscathed past in any way, even if it's just, um, even if if, if the T trauma is a little T that's just an emotional moment or a sexually harassed moment all the way up to major violations. I don't think we can kind of get through this planet without that. Yeah. And therefore, the body does guard and block. And so it does need the safety and trust to surrender. And 
Yeah, I, I totally echo you, Savani. The, the, the time feeling the sense of massage to surrender into the giver, to surrender into the mattress, to allow yourself to open to the possibility of pleasure and the utmost pleasure, which is orgasm, um, does take time and trust. Those are the two key T's in terms of orgasmic success. I'm really careful about saying the word success because it's not a moment of success, really. It's um, just a moment of orgasm. Uh, you know, I <laughs> if we go all the way back to episode one, I, I don't want to make orgasm the point of it, mm. even our goal-oriented nature to want to have an orgasm. But if we put pleasure as the point and let orgasm happen as a byproduct, I think we're in better shape than um, – chasing the orgasm, right? Then we're sort of, you know, goal oriented and hungry for that and more performative and we need it, we need it versus like, I surrender to the pleasure and the orgasm happens. Well, and I remember you saying one time when, you know, we were talking about men being responsible, you know, or saying I'm responsible for her orgasm. And you're like, no, you're responsible for your own orgasm. (laughs) You know, it's not on him. And I've also felt like there's, um, you know, there's women that I know that, I mean, some of them haven't had orgasms in years and they have a partner and it's just not part of, it's not part of the deal, you know, because it takes them so long to get there. So that makes a lot of sense if you're not willing to really surrender and and allow yourself to feel that pleasure and to be a part of it. George said something to me during this moment that we had. And now, gosh, I just had it in my head and now I can't remember what exactly what he said, but it was along the lines of he kind of that same feeling of surrender that he really felt me giving in. Yeah. And more so than he ever has. And so it, it definitely is a mental thing, you know, first. Right. I mean, you have to just let go of all the things ruminating through your head or, you know, even maybe put something in your head that's a little bit more exciting too, you know, and, and I've done that. It's absolutely a head game. I mean, and Savannah, you could probably speak to this as well, and maybe it's TMI, but there's, there's times when I can have multiple, multiple orgasms and times where I can't orgasm at all. Absolutely. It's it's where my mind is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's late. I really want to get my sleep because I know my kids are going to wake up at six o'clock in the morning and it's already whatever it is. <laughs> but, you know, my, my, my mind is not relaxing in the game. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm off at a hotel room and my kids are in a different city or something. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. And that's so true. Like I mentioned in one of our other episodes, sometimes when we are in a hotel, we have the best sex or when we're not home because you're not thinking about all the things that you need to do. <laughs> You know, in the home. And we don't have kids at home right now, but it still happens. You know, there's just all of these other distractions. Um, What did you say, Savannah? Yeah, I was going to say that my most powerful orgasms and the times that I've had multiple has been the times where I'm not focused on finishing at all. I will think that I'm not going to. And so I just kind of lose the sight of that and focus more on just enjoying the moment. I want to describe it probably as animalistic, like primal, fully Mm -hmm. losing yourself. And then suddenly you're there and then you're there and then you're there and then you're there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. 
Yeah, for to stop sure. focusing on it. Because as soon as you focus on it, and I think men probably experience this as well, as soon as you focus on it, you can lose it because there's so much pressure. And then, like, I want to say energetically, you're just tightening everything back up and creating restrictions on your body as soon as you set an expectation. Yeah. And what about on the other side for men? You know, they're going back to that conversation of them feeling responsible for, you know, their partner's orgasm. How, what kind of pressure does that put not only on the partner, but on them as well? And feeling like it's, if you don't have an orgasm, we're not having great sex. Oh yeah. I mean, one of the biggest secrets in our country right now, I think is Young men, college-age men, men in their 20s, having delayed ejaculation, that's the clinical term, even though ejaculation and orgasm are actually separate events, but for most men, it happens at the same time. Um, Delayed ejaculation is, doesn't, they don't orgasm with partner. I have, I've had men over the years, it's pretty rare, where they don't orgasm by themselves either. Um, Masturbation just doesn't quite work, or they're... uh, it's tricky to touch themselves because there's some other traumas. Um, but the more common one is inability to orgasm with partner. And that's usually a, a blend of a lot of different things, but um, it happens. It totally happens. So anorgasmia can happen to anyone, you know, men or women or whatever gender identity you have. And it's mostly psychological, not necessarily on a, you know, I mean, obviously there's probably some physical reasons as well, but would you say for the most part, it's a psychological issue? For the most part, once in a blue moon, there is a physiological issue, right? There's an injury to the pelvic floor. Um, like I have some hardcore bicyclists um, and yeah, so once in a blue moon, it can be a physiological thing. Savannah, you have someone where it's a physiological thing? You know someone? Um, I actually went through it myself. When I was towards the tail end of my last relationship, which I've spoken about before, um, it was a very sexually I wanted, like abusive relationship. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't good for my body. Um, I, towards the end of it, started having physical pain every time I would have sex. It felt like inside of my vagina, there was a cut or a tear. It was a super intense, just searing pain. Like you put lemon juice in a cut. Mm. And I went to the gyno. I went to like a couple of different doctors. You know, they opened me up with the speculum in. Couldn't find any physical issues. Um, It wasn't swelling and nerve damage. It was my body telling me that this was not safe. And that it wasn't something that I should be doing. And every time I tried, it hurt the same, the same. As soon as we broke up, my very first just hookup at a bar partner, I was nervous. I was like, hey, just so you know, this is a thing. Completely gone. Totally gone. Interesting. And I haven't had that feeling since. Huh. Yeah. Well, that that's is the brilliance of the body in terms of feeling safe, right? The body that and, – and I feel like our genitals, and this is for, true for men and women – are like radar detectors, right? They're the antennae of our body, of our body, right? The antennae of our body to say, um, person safe, person not safe, situation safe, situation not safe. Hi. I felt like I felt like my body was like, okay, you're not listening to the fact that you're like 
like the fact that you don't feel safe, your anxiety is not doing it enough. Let me give you like a blaring red sign, like right here. It's very hard to ignore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so interesting. I never really thought about it like that. But I, if I'm looking back at some of the relationships that I've had that were really not good and you know, somewhat abusive, I can remember feeling like it was super, super painful for whatever reason. And, um, but then it wouldn't be, you know, as I moved on, I never really considered that it was a psychological thing in terms of that physical pain. But that makes sense. Why do you think our genitals are, you know, so in tune to that? It's the most vulnerable part of our body. I mean, sex is the most vulnerable place where we open up and let someone in or enter someone, right? It is the most like possibly sacred activity you can do with another human, even though it's sort of been socially diluted that way. Um, you can you can definitely see it that way. If you think about our body, like, you know, there's a reason that we walk around with clothes, right? I know that's a social construct to walk around with clothes. And obviously there's weather indicators but even in the like hottest environments our genitals are usually covered mm-hmm. and even in most cultures even if our even if the women are topless the the, the genitals are still usually covered so there's sort of a, a covering and a sacredness to those because I think there's a high level of vulnerability which again that vulnerable area is going to say whoop safe or not safe right now our mind can override it especially with alcohol or other drugs right that's why hookup culture, with said drug is very popular because you override the body's intuition. But um, generally in a sober state, our body is going to tell us if we pay attention to our body, um, (laughs) it's going to tell us safe or not safe. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. So interesting. Well, I want to maybe transition this into the, the fun part of orgasm (laughs) and you know, the other the other types of orgasm. Um, But uh, before we jump into that one, I want to remind you to head over to adamandeve.com. They've got all kinds of fun products and and stuff to enhance your orgasm. Anybody have any suggestions? (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of fun oral simulation toys on there, including the pink breathless one. Okay. Um, And like I've talked about in previous episodes, different types of lube that have simulation is often very fun oh look at dr jenny has it it. of course she has it right there on hand breathless oh i like that one anyway all you have to do is go to adamandeve.com and enter code word modern and get 50 percent off almost any one item plus 10 free gifts and free shipping so uh, thank you for being a devoted listener and um that code is only for our modern pleasure podcast listeners nobody else so go ahead get on there adamandeve.com find something fun and something to um you know get your juices flowing as they say use code word modern and uh we're gonna now kind of dive into we've sort of talked clinically about orgasms but how do you so I I don't I mean I know that I have experienced multiple orgasms probably you know a handful of times (laughs) how is that is there like a trick to this because I know that I've talked to women who are like 
how does that happen? How do you know, how do you make it happen? Is there a way that you can, you know, really sort of drive this car and and control these orgasms? And I've heard that you can. I have no idea how that happens, though. You absolutely can. Um, This is so exciting for me. I love it so much. Um, (laughs) Mostly what I do is breath work. So going back to being fully relaxed and secondly is not getting overstimulated. I have a very sensitive clit. And so if I come the first time from like rubbing, like friction, it's hard to get back in that space because it's so sensitive. I'm like, oh my God, don't touch me. Yeah. Um, That's usually where I go. (laughs) Right. Soft and slow, really focus for um, cis sex on like internal penetration and like feeling just like be a little bit more exploratory and feel inside of you what points feel super good on top of like with like external stimulation. Um, And that's how I always pretty consistently. I mean, since I've yeah, pretty consistently. Wow. Lucky you. <laughs> I have a good partner too, though. So, you know, that helps. He does his fair share of the work. <laughs> yeah. Kim, I think the other head, I mean, I think a few other ingredients to consider is your mind game, right? So, yeah. if your mind game is one and done, and I'm like, okay, I'm done, um, which is totally fine, by the way. Most people are one and done. Um, then, then the body kind of reads that message as, okay, I'm done. Um, versus, there's more in there. And, and I find, um, you know, orgasm is also an energy. Mm. And so if it's been a long time, sometimes you can create a buildup and have multiples. And, you know, women don't have a refractory period the way men do. So we can keep going based on what kind of simulation, uh, I'm sorry, based on which kind of stimulation we need. And every woman is different, right? So what you're saying, Savannah, is, you know, that slow and steady and, and subtle sensation yeah. to kind of keep that flow going. Um, you know, I, I have other women where they use like a Hitachi wand and, you know, they'll have a very big, powerful orgasm, pull the wand away, take some deep breaths, right? Put the wand somewhere else in their thighs for a few moments somewhere else and then come back to their vulva, come back to maybe their labia, and then come back into the clitoris, and then have another orgasm. And I think the trick that to really consider really is building up, having some space for the clitoris between orgasms. Yeah, absolutely. After my first time, I'll usually focus more on my partner before we go back to focusing on me. So it doesn't mean that you're having orgasm after orgasm after orgasm in terms of, you know, uh, one right after the other, like, you know, stop, start, stop, start. It could be, you know, within the actual sexual activity that you're having. Right. And sometimes it can be very prolonged as well. Mm. It could be both, Kim, right? Stylistically, what you're just. I mean, Savannah is definitely multiples, but it's spaced out between like different activities and mm-hmm. other people have multiples sort of back to back to back. Um, so I, I think every woman is different and we're built differently, right? Our nerve endings in our vulva are all different. It's not, you know, no one's, my vulva is not going to be your vulva and it's not going to be Savannah's vulva, right? It's going to be, however, the n- nerve endings are are packed in there and, 
and how they respond to different kinds of stimul you know stimulation um and you know also how we sort of trained them <laughs> in a way oh okay yeah that makes sense so it, yeah it, so for you kim you're more sensitive so you probably have similar issues to me where after you're stimulated it's a little bit too much yeah but other women might not have that probably I yeah. wish I didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know well, I get to that point here. where I'm like, okay, just back away, back away. Can't, don't yeah, touch don't me. Don't touch me. Go don't away. Touch get me. out of here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, that's, that's really interesting. So now Savannah brought up the um, clit, clit orgasm and uh, something else. So there was. We Okay. So are those, do those feel different to you? I mean, are there, how can you tell one from the other? I mean, I would just think an orgasm is an orgasm, but is there, is the sensation different? Uh, for me, it just, it's hard to describe. It just feels deeper. Which um, one? Like clitoral stimulation, um, internal does. Clitoral stimulation feels more I want to use the word sharp, but it doesn't, it's not painful. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I know that and feeling. G-spot stimulation is much more, I, I feel it in all of my muscles and all the nerve endings in my pelvis. Like it's very, I also contract a lot more. Yeah. It's a so I'm, I'm going to raise my hand now. So I have had both. I just didn't know that there was a distinction. <laughs> Now I know. That's awesome. Good info. Yeah. So is there a way to get... So, okay, let me think here. So if I'm going to say that if I'm masturbating, I think I stimulate my clitoris more than I would the G-spot. That's that if I'm if my memory serves in terms of how that feels as opposed to penetration and sex with my partner. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. I think it's easier access. For me, it's less work, yeah. you know, especially with clitoral stimulating toys. You can just turn it off and on and you get it done. And, you know, with my dildos and stuff, I have to go through and I have to warm myself up and I have to clean it after. And it's a whole thing. It's a whole process. So I think it's just an easier access to pleasure mm -hmm. for like clitoral stimulation. I always like dive that way as well. <sighs> You know, the clitoris has no reproductive function, which is why it's just, it's designed for our pleasure, which is wonderful. And also what makes us human is being sexual beings and having like this little hot button of pleasure. Um, and I would say, I think the numbers, you know, there's lots of research out here, but basically the numbers are, you know, 75% of women cannot have an orgasm with internal stimulation alone. Hmm. That's a huge number. So a lot of it women like, I have my G-spot orgasm without the clit involved. Join the masses. Not, most of us can't, right? That G-spot is sort of the back. If you think about the clitoris going into the pelvic floor, which is it does, it's sort of like these spider legs, like a V-shaped spider leg mm -hmm. that goes inside the vagina. It's called prura. Those are the legs of the clitoris. Um, those are the nerve endings that feed the G-spot, right? And so... Some women, yes, can have, very few, can have internal stimulation and orgasm without the clitoris involved. 
but I would say most women need at least the combo. And women and 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 most women just have clitoral stimulation, which is why like your cock ring with the the ears is so great. But what what happens is if you have the pressure on the G spot and the clitoral stimulation, you're you're given all the nerve endings down there, the possibility of pleasure. So you're sort of building up the whole um, entourage of, of orgasmic possibility. That's probably oh, yeah. what I felt the other night. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't brought the vulva pillow out yet. I was thinking about it. You know, we, bring the vulva pillow? Yeah, we need to have, I think the vulva pillow needs to make an appearance on our last episode for sure. <laughs> right. So clitoris. Clitoral contact. By the way, you're sensitive, Kim, and a lot of women are. And so if you use a toy, I say put the toy on the outer labia and the inner labia and play that way. Don't just jump to the genitals. I give partners that advice too. You don't want to just jump to the genitals, right? You start with your feet and a foot massage. Mm-hmm. That's a key piece versus like jumping to the genitals. Um, you know, the clitoral hood is there to protect a very sensitive hot button. That's why it's there. Right. And then and then once we do have that pleasure, again, the eggs inside kind of go like that. But the G spot is the backside of the clitoris. Right. Which is oh, why gotcha. having a finger inside for oral sex or two fingers inside while he's licking is great. Because, again, you're putting the pressure on the G spot while you're also having clitoral sensation. Or if you have penetration and clitoral stimulation again. Right. You're maxing out the possibility of pleasure from the inside and the outside. That's amazing. So if you're listening and you're only getting the audible version, there is a video version on our Modern Pleasure Podcast YouTube channel. So, you know, check that out Um, uh, because that pillow is amazing. I mean, it really does. I I know that in our first episode when you brought that pillow out, I was like, I, I had no idea. I mean, obviously, you know, it's been a while since I had any kind of clinical diagram of my vagina or vulva now that we're referring to it as. And so, you know, that was actually one of those eye-opening moments where I'm like, okay, this is really, really informative. And I wasn't the only one. Had a lot of people say that that vulva pillow is something, you know, that I, I never knew it was called the vulva. I always just thought it was called the vagina. So, um, you know, just good, good lesson there. Yeah. Really good lesson. Which is why I think more men need to listen to this podcast. <laughs> My aunt had um, her husband listen to it, and um, I, you know, I was like, "Okay, that's great. I'm, I'm so happy he's listening." But at the same time, I'm like, "It's my uncle." <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> knowing, I know. And then I was at a, I was at a um, function, and a, a man that I highly respect that I worked with before, um, kind of came over and whispered in my ear and says, "I've been listening to your podcast," and I went. Oh my gosh. You know, older gentlemen, and I was like almost, I was mortified, but really honored all at the same time. And he says, it's very good and it's very much needed. <laughs> so, yeah, we're doing something right here. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, I also think men just find it hot when women are 
talking about sex. <laughs> well, well, I don't know that. Talking about pleasure and taking control of their own pleasure. I feel like it lifts a lot of weight off of their shoulders and just having the open communication is something a lot of couples don't have. Yeah. In my experience. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, obviously, you know, the whole idea of, of doing this podcast was to, you know, was a benefit for anybody who, uh, was not only curious, but maybe are suffering through the same things that I have or other women have. And so I know it's really helped. Um, Dr. Jenny, any any last thoughts about our topic today before we kind of, um, I kind of wanted to take some time to sort of um, go over some other things, but um, just wondering if there was anything you wanted to add to this uh, orgasm episode. Um, sure. I mean, just for a moment, some women squirt, right? As part of their orgasm. Some women don't. Really? Most women don't, probably. I try my hardest. You try your hardest, right? I, I, I don't know. I have some colleagues who are like, I can get a, every woman to squirt. And I'm like, mm, okay, because I've tried pretty hard. So, so I've dedicated multiple days. Right? Dedicated. Right. Um, so if you don't squirt, don't stress it, right? That's my funny. main message is like, whatever orgasm you have, wherever you have it, it's great. If it's a small yeah. little mini orgasm, like a little wave, that's fine. If it's my, if it's blowing out of the water, also great. If it's one and done, great. If it's multiple, great. And honestly, if it's elusive for you, that's okay too, right? We call it, I say the elusive orgasm. It's actually after a fabulous book by Vivian Cass. She's in our field. And um, it, it's just a, a great book to help women understand when that orgasm doesn't happen. Um, a book that predated the elusive orgasm is called Becoming Orgasmic. And that's also a great book. And it's just, a, these are great like self-help books to help people explore the blocks that, that block them from, you know, having, having an orgasm. Um, but my MO is always permission to just like be where you are right now and be on that journey and explore. And if you want to explore having multiples, practice and play with it. And if you want to explore trying to squirt, I mean, you can, you can play with it, but I think it really matters like the position of your urethra and your skein's glands and, you know, what kind of happens there and not all women pull it off and that's okay. <laughs> um, uh, how would you, I mean, uh, I guess it would be a different feeling, but I, would you even know if you did? I guess you would, right? Some it women big and others, it's like a little dribble. And then the people who little dribble, you just have to sort of notice that it sort of has that urine um, smell and texture versus um, just, you know, the wetness of the vagina in terms of being self-lubricated. So, hmm. you know, sometimes it's a, sometimes that's elusive. Interesting. <laughs> um, and then there's orgasm with periods, right? Like a lot of women love to have sex on their period because they're naturally lubricated with blood inside already. And there's all this taboo around it. When I say get a red towel or a maroon colored towel, all my towels are maroon because I like the color red, and throw it on the bed or throw it on the floor wherever you yeah. have sex and have a great time or have sex in the shower. And I do it all the time. I have awful cramps and every month I'm like, all right, babe, let's go. I need my medicine. Oh, really? <laughs> so, so having an orgasm on your period actually helps your cramps too? Uh, yeah, it does. For me, it does. And I've read a lot of studies sure. and a lot of my friends have told me that it's also helped them. I had it's a pain reducer orgasm, Interesting. right? So if you have pain, it, it, it's like dopamine for the pain, right? So yeah, 
or get, it can take away pain. Well, that's good to know. I, I have heard that, that some women like to have um, sex when they're on their period because it really helped. And I remember my husband saying that too. It's like, well, some women say it's really great. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not some women and it doesn't work for me that way. But fine, Kim. I mean, I'm Jewish, right? And, and I don't necessarily um, subscribe to all the rules that are more orthodox in nature. Um, Cause I'm not, I'm not orthodox Jew, but I'm aware of the mikvah and this two-week period that some more religious Jews abide by, and certainly traditionally, where they don't touch for those two weeks, you know, and when and the woman has a period, she goes to this ritual bath called a mikvah, and she um, takes this ritual bath, and her and the husband do not touch even, let alone cuddle, let alone kiss, let alone any. So what happens, it's like a forced abstinence during this period, and then you come back together and, the you know, usually there's a lot more desire there because there's the forced, the forced separation of it. So it's a, it's an interesting way to kind of keep desire alive. Um, not interesting. So not having sex on your period is also okay. It's up to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, this has been a, a fun conversation. I want to just take some time to, um, you know, thank anybody that's been listening and, um really thank you Dr. Jenny for um being so open and uh really providing such amazing answers and thought into you know this whole sexual journey that we went on and um and and thank you for really benefiting me and changing my life in terms of my relationship with my husband and this newfound confidence that I found in myself. I've always been a confident woman, you know. Um, I think that's why a lot of people were surprised when they heard this conversation that I was a little less confident in my sexuality and they're like really shocked about that. But I, I'm sure that that you know, that might come with the territory of a lot of confident women. You know, we're really good at hiding those flaws that we feel are flaws, which are not. And I think learning that and understanding that my sexuality is my sexuality and owning that and feeling confident in owning that, whatever it may be, was a huge, huge deal for me. And so I want to personally thank you for um, helping me get there. I'm almost getting a little emotional about it because it really did change my life. It changed the way I thought about things. It changed my relationship with my husband, who, by the way, before we even started this podcast, we were having issues. And it got to the point where, you know, we both thought about going to a sex therapist or some kind of counseling because we were not sure how to navigate through this. And um, this podcast really fell in my lap. Um, it wasn't something that I had planned on doing. I, I was going to be producing it like I produce a lot of other things. But, um, you know, I, I believe it was divine intervention, <laughs> you know. And uh, so thank you from the bottom of my heart, really. Um, I'm really, really happy about how this all turned out. My pleasure, Kim. Because I, <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> sure. 
I mean, that's why I do what I do, even if it's just one couple, right? It matters to that one, right? Yeah. And if it can matter to more people, great. But, you know, help and healing is, is the name of the game. So I'm really happy to hear that. It's been amazing. And Savannah, thank you, too, because you've added something that I couldn't. And uh, I think it was really important to get your voice and your experience. And you um, really brought a lot to our episodes. And I thank you for that and enjoyed, you know, hearing about your experiences. And I know a lot of people who are listening also enjoyed it, too. So thank you so much for being a part of it. And uh, really appreciate you um, joining us when you have. It's been great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Also, Kim, I have a secret for you. Oh. Even strippers are insecure about our sexuality and our bodies. And it is our money. It's like our our job for men to worship us with money. So every person has their insecurities. Yeah, and I mean, and that is something that I've learned, you know. And, you know, I think it was that very first episode that really that light bulb came on and just went wow, there are so many narratives and um, understanding that part of it was huge, huge. And so, um, you know, it's it's just been it's just been very not only educational and informative, but completely eye opening in a number of different ways. We've had so many great conversations and I encourage anybody who um, is listening to subscribe to our podcast um, and make sure that you follow us because I don't think we're done yet. I don't think I we're done not. yet. I think uh, we're, we'll be heading into a season two um, after uh, probably in early spring, maybe uh, around March or April. We'll see how it goes. But I think um, we've uh, I, I think we'll definitely be back with a season two. So I'm excited about that. So if you subscribe, you'll get notified you'll get notified on anything that we put out there. And so that's always the best way to do it. And you can also go to our um, website as well, which is modernpleasurepodcast.com. And I want to thank our sponsor again, Adam and Eve. Uh, just fantastic support that they've given us. And really want you to take advantage of that incredible offer. Go to adamandeve.com, use code word MODERN, and get that 50% off almost any one item, plus all those fun free gifts. You get 10 of them, and they're really fun. They're really great. They're very surprising. We got a lot of fun little surprises in our free gifts. And, of course, free shipping. So go check out some of our favorite items at adamandeve.com, code word MODERN, get 50% off almost any one item, those 10 free gifts, and free shipping. Um, well, thanks again. This has been so fun. Have a have a great holiday season, because I probably won't talk to you until after the holidays. And uh, again, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Jenny and Savannah. Thank you for listening, and we will definitely be back and see you soon.